Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. Thanks for being with me today. Today we've got a really interesting show, and it's more than a show. It's really a story, and it's a story that'll touch your heart. I've got Anthony Purcell, and he had a very challenging event in his life. He got up on February 6th in 2010 and dove into the waters of Miami Beach. And this is something that he had done many times without a problem. But this time, he misjudged the depth of his landing spot. He broke his neck and bruised his C5 and C6 vertebrae in his spine. He injured his spinal cord. He was paralyzed. He was unable to resurface from the water on his own. Even with access to the therapy that he needed, he still struggled with depression and hopelessness, which everybody with with a spinal cord injury or a stroke or many kinds of injuries face. His personal struggle over the spinal cord injury was more than any one person could face face alone. He understands the emotional anguish that comes with it. When you've walked in those shoes, you know it like nobody else can. He has met with hundreds of people, brothers and sisters in that community and given them a sense of assurance and purpose that they might never find without the help of of Anthony and his foundation. Anthony, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. That was quite an introduction. I really appreciate it. Well, it's it's so touching to me because I've worked with a lot of stroke victims. And, you know, I think the first thing that they do is they go through a grieving process. They want their old life back. You know, they miss their mobility. And it sounds like it's very similar to what you experienced with the spinal cord injury. No, absolutely. It is similar. And when you uh, are put in a situation where one day you're as independent as can be, um, you know, walking around and getting in a car and living your life. And then the next day, you're kind of your world turns upside down and you can't really do anything on your own. It, it really is a culture. It's a shock. And uh, it, it is tough. But, yes, it is. It is. It is similar. Well, and I, you know, the way that I've worked with worked with these folks is on their the depression, the anxiety, the insomnia. I mean, it just it changes when you change the way the body works, you change the way the brain works. Yeah, so t- and, and, and and not to break not to cut you off, but mental health is so important with a spinal cord injury. And a lot of people, when they look at somebody in a wheelchair, the first thing that they think of is okay, well, this guy can't walk or this girl can't walk, and that must be so tough. But the real battle lies lies within the brain. And I remember when I first got hurt, I was, you know, obviously thinking about, um, you know, will I walk again, especially during the first couple, you know, the first couple months, I I was really freaked out about not being able to walk and not being able to, to feel certain things or move certain things. But really, once you, you know, realize what the you know the magnitude of the situation is your brain goes in places that it should never have to go ever and the real uh the real problem or the real setback with spinal cord injuries that isn't talked about enough 
is the mental uh, the mental struggles that comes along with it. And, uh, you know, happy to speak about that as well. Well, thank you for being so transparent and open because hearing somebody that's, that has experienced it is much different than hearing somebody read about it. So when you first came to the realization that you weren't going to be able to walk again and you had all those negative, those automatic negative thoughts going through your brain, what was the first thing that you felt? Well, the first thing I felt was my life was over. That was the first thing I felt. Um, I remember um, being in the hospital and there were certain medical professionals around me that were trying to tell me that I wasn't going to be able to walk, but not in a mean way. I, I, you know, they were trying to say it in, in a sense of, oh, you know, there's a chance, you know, you could do this. You could, but I knew that I was in a, in a bad spot. And what happened was, is the first year you get hurt is the toughest because it's such a ridiculous change in your lifestyle and also in your mood and your brain and your mental health. Uh, So that first year, all I really could think about is make it to the next day. Um, And how I did that was I had to rehab a lot. And um, (laughs) It's just it's it's a very very tough and sensitive subject because you're dealing with people who had a you know an amazing independent life and then all of a sudden this tragedy happens and you know we don't know what the future holds we don't have that crystal ball if they're ever going to have the ability to walk again and that messes with people's brains uh, and and their mental health and their thoughts and like you said the insomnia and not being able to go to sleep. And will I ever have a girlfriend or boyfriend again? Will people ever look at me like a normal person? And, you know, it's just something that a lot of spinal cord injury survivors like myself, um, I feel like have not touched on it as much as the physical aspect of having a spinal cord injury. So I think it's a very important, a very important subject. And I'm, I'm glad to be speaking about it with you today that we, you know, actually shed light on it. And, uh, raise awareness for mental health for people that were inflicted with spinal cord injuries. Well, you know, you're right. It's a very hard conversation to have. It's obvious that, you know, when you're in a wheelchair, it's obvious that you can't walk, but it's not obvious of what you're feeling of where your head, you're going down the rabbit hole off and running. Things will never be any good anymore. Yeah, I think it's, exactly. It's so important that someone that's been there and can, can come out and say, hey, I've been there. I've done that. But guess what? There is more to life. And how did you get to that point? Was it the support of friends and family? Or was it resources that you had access to? So, yeah, that's a good question. And I was lucky enough to have a great support system. And it's very important that you are surrounded with a great positive support system. Uh, you know, whether it be family and friends or people that are close to you that are bringing you up and they'll tell you, hey, you know, you could do this. Get out of it. Get out of your head. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, that's very important. And that took me um, a long way. But to be honest with you, when I really started healing mentally is when we created this charity organization that we have called Walking with Anthony, which helps people and families that are less fortunate financially get the money that they need to rehab and live better lives. And when I started to talk to these families 
and these people that had a spinal cord injury, just like me, whether it be three months after me, six months, nine months, 12 months. And, and I started talking to them and I started trying to just make them feel as good as possible and um, letting them know that everything will be all right. And, you know, look at me and I've, I've progressed this much. And when I started seeing them turn the corner and uh, feel and, and, and be happy again and, and, and message me and say, oh, hey, Anthony, you're not going to believe it, but I did this that I, and I wasn't supposed to be, be able to do this. I, I, you know, I made progress today and, you know, and then they started thanking me. And when, when I started helping a lot of these people and I started to see that, wow, maybe I was put in this position for a reason and I started helping all these individuals, my brain started healing. And it's, it's funny, I, say, I tell people this all the time, I am happier today than I was when I had the ability to walk because I have a sense of fulfillment of helping all these people that uh, Walking with Anthony has been able to help. Well, I would imagine it's a pretty extensive rehab program and it's a pretty, not only extensive, but expensive. And a lot of people don't have access to the financial resources that they need. So tell me a little bit about it. You make these resources available. Is it through a grant? Is it through, how does it work? Yeah, so so the the first thing is it's very very expensive and insurance doesn't cover it. So the problem is is that there's families that will, you know, have a spinal cord injury happen and insurance will run out and then they're kind of just like, okay, what do we do for what are we doing? Like how do we do this? And it's really hard on the families and the person that, you know, has an SCI. So what Walking with Anthony does is through donations and through generous, um, you know, grants that we get awarded, we distribute funds to families and and people that have spinal cord injuries uh, that are less fortunate, uh, you know, in the finance space. And what we do is um, a broad spectrum of things where it could be we point them into a direction of a good rehab facility that is close to where they live. Um, we've done things like we've even give people, people accessible cars. We've, 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 you know, awarded them with cars so that they can travel. You know, it could be a single mother who has kids and needs to take them to school, but doesn't have enough money for a car. You know, that's something that we would do. We give iPads, iPhones, anything that we can do to make them live a better life and a more independent life. That's what walking with Anthony does. We also mentor them, right? So I'll step in and I'll talk with them. And like I mentioned before, and I'll let them know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope. Your life is not over. Um, you know, I'm back to work. Um, I drive. I have a wife. I just had my first child nine months ago. So, you know, when you have a spinal cord injury, it might seem like your life is over in the beginning, but you can live a very happy, full life. And that's what walking with Anthony does. That is amazing to be able to, and it sounds like that. Do you mind if I ask you, how old were you when this happened? I was 22. So I was in the, you know, I was partying and kind of just having a good you know, time of my life. Um, now, I wasn't happy mentally, but I was independent. I was traveling all over the place. I had friends. I, you know, I was. I was enjoying myself, I, you know, going to the beaches. 
and then boom, got hit with this, and my whole life just basically turned upside down. So it, it was a really, a really hard time in my life. And uh, yeah, I was 22 years old. Wow. Well, I mean, that's the brain's not even fully developed until you're in your mid to late 20s. So having to deal with that and the last thing that develops is that prefrontal cortex, which helps you think through and, you know, make good decisions. And you're so you were a little bit lacking with that, with the emotional and the trauma. I mean, the trauma of jumping into the water, which you've done. How many times had you done that before? 50, 20? Oh, so, so many times I was, um, you know, I'm from Florida. I I live in Florida. So you can imagine the the beaches that are there. And uh, yeah, I, I lived on the water. So I was, I've done that millions of times. And you do it one day. Did you, when you jumped in, how did you know something was wrong? (laughs) So, uh, we were on, um, we were in South beach and I was with a couple of my buddies as well as my cousins, a couple of my cousins actually. And I convinced my cousin, thank God to jump in the water with me. Cause I I didn't want to go by myself because I was just like, Hey, come in with me. Let's go, you know, take a dive, whatever. So we ended up going and I said, all right, let's go on three. And I said, one, two, three. And thank God he didn't go on three, but I went on three. Uh, When I went, I dove in and there was an actual sandbar that we couldn't see because the water was dark. And when I jumped in, I heard a pop, but I didn't really think anything of it, but I couldn't move my legs. And what the funny thing is, is it didn't hurt at all. Um, And I was totally conscious. And I was laying in the water and I couldn't, I remember I couldn't move my head up to, you know, cause I was face down. I couldn't move my head up or my body. And I remember I'm done. There's no way that anybody's going to notice that I'm here. I'm drowning at this point because I'm sucking up water. I can't get air. Uh, and then the weirdest thing happened. And I don't know if this is like a near death, but I became extremely peaceful it was extremely peaceful and I was okay with leaving this earth. I can't explain it, but I just felt so at peace and I was sitting there and, um, well, I was actually floating there. And after two, three, four minutes, whatever it was, my cousin who did not dive in with me looked at me and was like, Oh my God, he went in and he, he kind of put his arms around me and pushed me out of the water. But, um, I, you know, I, I was very peaceful and I, I can't explain it, but I was so comforted at that moment. And I don't know if that was maybe a near death experience. Maybe I don't know, but I, it was a very peaceful moment. And then all of a sudden I got pushed up out of the water and I was back into reality and, uh, you know, onto the uh, operating table I went. That's an amazing story. How long were you in the hospital? I was in the hospital for months. Um, I, my lungs collapsed. I actually held the record at the, uh, uh, Jackson Memorial hospital for most times lungs collapsing at 17. Uh, not proud of it, but it is a record there. Um, I was, I'm very lucky to be alive and, uh, they were, there were some very tough days in the hospital and I kept telling myself in my brain, um, you know, you got to get through this. You know, I'm an athlete. My background is an athlete. I played sports my whole life. Um, and I had a lot of good coaches that, you know, taught me the meaning of not quitting. 
So when this happened, lucky enough, I was able to pull from the words of my mentors and coaches and things like that. And I applied that in my brain and um, thank God I did because, you know, now I'm here helping other people that are in similar situations and I'm the one now being able to tell them, you know, suck it up. You're going to get better. You just got to work hard, you know, and, and, and for, for, for me, the best thing that I do in my world is seeing people that are so vulnerable and me talking with them and they're so sad. And some of them are just like, I'm done. I don't want to live. I don't want to be here anymore. And I will tell them, you know, there's light at the end of the temple. And then a year later, they'll come to me and say, you know what, Anthony, thank you so much for helping me. I'm, I'm, I'm back. And that's, that, that brings me the most joy out of anything that I've ever experienced. Well, that that should, because that's that's life giving. You know, you, you're giving them the opportunity to continue on with their life. And I could there are many times where we just feel like it'd be so much easier if I just weren't here. But when you lose your mobility, when you and, you know, you're in that period of uncertainty and I can imagine where that brain goes. I've, I've studied the brain for a long time. And, you know, it doesn't go anywhere good when that's going on. You get the worst case of the what ifs. And then the what ifs lead to the, you know, all the other negative talk that you get going. And and it's I am have to say you've done an amazing job of not only picking yourself up, and providing a pathway for you, but for other people. How did you get the idea to start the foundation? Well, thank you for the kind words. Um, uh, it was actually the first year I got hurt, and I was in a really bad place. I was actually looking up suicide sites. Um, that's you know, I was the rap. That's the rabbit hole that these people and I've done it, and you know, a lot of people do do it. And you know, they don't want to be here, like you mentioned. But uh, my mom came in, I remember, she came into the room I was in, and uh, she said, hey, you know what, I'm going to start a charity. And I looked at her with the biggest disgust on my face, thinking, you know, how can you even think about starting a foundation or a charity when our family is broken and our situation is like this? And she looked at me and she said, Aunt, trust me, this is going to be a saving grace for you. In the future, you might not look at it like that now, but once you start helping people and, and, and seeing the reaction of people and families when we help them, this will heal you. I didn't believe her. I shunned her out of the room and I said, get out of here. You're crazy. And she ended up being absolutely 100 percent correct. And that's how we started the, the, uh, the charity. So how long did it take you to become the positive energy of the charity? When I, in the beginning, I wasn't involved as much as, uh, you know, uh, I should have been because I was still very depressed. Um, once we gave, and we, we held our first golf tournament in um, Fairfax Station, Virginia, which is where a lot of my family is from. And once we gave our first grant to a family, um, that had a spinal cord, you know, one of the relatives had a spinal cord injury. We surprised them with a $10,000 grant. And uh, I saw the look on the, the, the person's face that we awarded the grant to. And the family members would come over to me and say, thank you so much. Like you've changed our life. That was when I looked in the mirror and said, you know, this is why you're here. This is why you've survived. 
And, you know, I think it's a fantastic position to be in. And that, that's when I started healing is when I started looking at these people who were so thankful that we were, you know, able to help them. That, that's, I would say that's when we started healing. I started healing. So, and how many how many people do, do you give grants to? Do you have a certain number that you do per year, or is it just based upon what comes in? Yeah, unfortunately, it's based upon what comes in. So we try to raise as many, you know, as much money as possible. Uh, we have golf tournaments, we have galas, dinners all across the nation, um, and we have thousands, you know, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of. Um, submissions and applications and it breaks our heart because we wish we can help every single person and that's what we want to do our our goal is to have the you know the funds to help every single person and uh, we, we we just can't right now because we don't have that money and uh you know that's why we need to you know make an effort to raise raise awareness and and try to tell everyone, hey, there's people that are suffering. We need to help these people. We cannot let them be in the state that they're in. Um, so that's why we're raising as much money as possible to be able to help these these poor families that are, are really, really struggling. Well, and I think that this is, a, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on my show was to talk about this and, and make people aware because we just tend to – sweep things under the rug, you know, that we don't want to talk about. And I mean, you, you have a job, you have a wife, you have a new baby, you've got a, you've got a life that sounds like it's pretty full and pretty enriching. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, it, I got through it because I had, I was lucky enough to have the financial means to do it. And I was lucky enough to have family members who push me, but there's people out there that don't have either of those things. And if they just had a little bit of, um, you know, extra money to maybe get them to a rehab facility where there's someone at the rehab facility that they can look at and be like, Oh, wow, that person's doing it. Why can't I do it? Um, or if I'm able to talk to somebody and give them, you know, good advice or say, Hey, how can I help you? And talk to family members and let them know, listen, your son or daughter's life is not over. They can get through this. We can help them get through this. And connecting with these families, this, you know, all of our money that we raise goes directly to these family, to these family members as well as the, the people that are inflicted with spinal cord injuries. We don't take a dime because we know how important it is to get these people to start rehabbing. And what happens is when you rehab, just like, you know, able bodies, when you go to the gym and you work out, you feel good about yourself, right? You know, I do or I did, but when I go to the gym in, in my wheelchair and I work out, I feel good and I feel better physically, not only physically, but I feel better mentally. I, I went to the gym today. I did what I needed to do. I'm, I'm progressing. If we can get, as, get these people into the gyms, get them working out, it's going to heal them not only physically, but really the real healing is in the brain. Absolutely. So what do you find that if there's a message that you would like to get to the families of people that are that have a family member that has suffered a spinal cord injury, what do you think is the most important message to get to them? So I would say if somebody had a spinal cord injury and was very depressed in the beginning and didn't know where to look for in terms of looking for hope, I would say 
you know, concentrate on the small victories. It's easy in this society and in today to get caught up in the big picture, okay? I just got hurt. I want to walk again. Oh, I just got hurt. I want to be happy again. You need to put in the work to be able to get to that end goal. You know, it's the journey. And what I would say is try to concentrate on the smaller victories rather than the bigger victories and celebrate those smaller victories. If you notice something that you're doing today that you weren't able to do yesterday, I don't care how small it was. That is the definition of progress. And you should celebrate that. And what happens is when they start celebrating those smaller things, they start getting happier and they start believing that they can get better. So I would say celebrate the smaller victories and, you know, celebrate the journey because that end will get you'll get there. Well, I believe, Anthony, you always find what you're looking for. I truly, truly do. And if you're so caught up in the negative and that's all you're looking for, that's pretty much what you're going to get. So I think your advice on celebrating those small victories is great advice. And it's a way to get your head into that positive psychology and start to look for the, the goodness. Just as I'm just curious, what was one of the first smaller victories that you experienced? Oh, there, I, there were so many. Um, going back, I couldn't even lift my arms. Um, so I, I would say the first thing was maybe, well, I mean, if you want to go back to the hospital, please, I mean, I, I was on a ventilator. So getting off of a ventilator was um, a huge deal for my family. But at that time, I, I didn't celebrate that. But if you're asking me, what are the first things that I celebrated? Yes. I would say when I, when I was in rehab, um, I wasn't able to, if I was laying down on, let's just say the ground, uh, I couldn't pick myself up with my arms to kind of extend my arms almost, almost like get into a push-up position. When I did that for the first time, I was like, okay, wow. Like you, you're, you, you're making progress. So you just got to keep at it. That, I would say that that was, was a first celebration. Um, another thing was a small thing like brushing my teeth. I mean, if you really want to get technical, um, being able to brush my teeth on my own was big. Being able to put my shoe on was big. See, people don't understand when you have a spinal cord injury, you are transformed into an infant. You know, you're an adult, you get hurt, but your body is transformed into an infant. You have to relearn everything, brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, um, even breathing. I mean, in my case, I was on a ventilator and most people that are on ventilators, you have to learn to breathe again. So um, it, it really is tough physically, but in the brain, it's very important. And I'm glad that we were able to shed light on it and educate people and, uh, you know, let them know how important it is to, uh, you know, feed your mental health. Uh, well, and I appreciate your time and, and doing this. So the name of the foundation is Walking with Anthony, correct? That's correct. It's walkingwithanthony.org. Um, if you visit, you can see a lot of the people that we've helped and their stories. You can see videos of my progress. Um, and you can also donate there, um, which is important because that's a crucial way that we raise funds to help these individuals. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's been a journey, and I'm glad I was able to hop on here and share it with you. Well, is any donation too small? Is there a minimum amount that people would need to donate if they wanted to make a donation? No, absolutely not. A any, any amount of money that you are generous enough and finding your heart to give 
will be going directly to somebody who uh, you know has had a spinal cord injury and needs the help desperately. Well, and uh, are there other places on social media? Because sometimes, you know, you can learn so much by just following and watching as things progress. So do you participate in social media? Yeah, absolutely. So we have an Instagram page where you can see uh, some videos and pictures and you can follow us and our story on on Instagram as well as Facebook. And then uh, we also have a YouTube channel. Um, So you'd be able to find some good content and you can educate yourself on Kind of what we do and who we help and how we do it, and I think it would uh, it would inspire some people and, and it would educate some people on on how uh, you know how spinal cord injury works and how we can battle this injury and get get people moving again. Well, and I do think that that's you know people need to know how to reach out, and a lot of times you know we go we go to the Google dictionary, but what we haven't learned is that we have to go first that past that first page to really find what we're looking for. Is there any resource that you found online that was beneficial to you, or or anything that you could share with our listeners that might help them, whether that resource. I, I- Whatever it yeah, was. I, I, yeah, I think that finding um, people that have had spinal cord injuries that are living in a positive light is really inspiring. Uh, we have a lot of good content on our website for people that have had a spinal cord injury and really don't know what to do. Uh, we have blogs. We have videos. Um, like I said, if when I when I got hurt, I remember I. Um, family members sent me videos of people who have had spinal cord injuries and their progress. See, that's important that you see the progress because that'll show you it doesn't happen overnight. You got to put the work in. And and if you do, you you'll progress. So I would say find online, you know, find, find some people that have had it before and uh, you know, just put in the work and you'll get there. Well, thank you so much for being so open and honest and with and being so transparent with your story. I know that I've learned a lot, and I hope our listeners out there will be able to take what they've learned, and whether it's a spinal cord injury or a stroke or someone that comes home from war, use this knowledge and, you know, to help people get through that critical time. I can't thank you enough, Anthony, for being on the show with me today. And again, for our listeners, it's walkingwithanthony.org. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. Thank you.